And welcome to another edition of Here Now the News. I'm Jerry Barmesh. Uh, already it's a different feel because I'm introducing the guests and I'm introducing the show all in one shot. Um, this week we're talking about Jeopardy. We have uh, seen a myriad, like that, myriad of, uh, of guest hosts and there will be many more into the summer. While we did the memoriam uh, when he died, uh, Alex Trebek, uh, last year, uh, I thought it was time to just look back at where we are at this point and what's coming uh, with the guest hosts. And I thought the perfect person to bring on is Craig Mitchell. Thanks for being with me today. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Jerry. Craig uh, is a longtime comedian, actor. He has, Some of his credits include uh, in recent years, he's been on um, Jimmy Kimmel Live. He's uh, appeared several times on SNL. Uh, so you have a lot of experience uh, with the world of entertainment. You did not mention my needlepoint. Oh, I didn't mention needlepoint or hook rug. And yeah. he has been for the last, uh, is it four years you've been doing? Four years yeah, you, this uh, uh, off the cuff, healthy cooking with Craig Mitchell uh, that uh, airs online, YouTube yeah. for the last four years. And it Facebook. is Facebook, YouTube, Zerb. Twitter. Uh, all all about taking all of these comfort foods, re- easy to make foods, and putting a spin on it of m- making it healthy for people who, I mean, we can talk about it in a bit, but uh, you've been diabet- a diabetic. And, Still am. Yeah, I mean, and there was a whole, you, you lo- had to lose a lot of weight, you had, you know, serious health issues. And uh, you took it upon it on yourself to to uh, to create this, not just obviously for you, but for those millions of people who are uh, in the same boat. So hats off to you for that. And I want to definitely talk about that a bit. But let's start off with uh, the, the first reason that I wanted to bring you on was about Jeopardy. Have you been watching the uh, the shows? I, I have to say that I've been watching more with the guest hosts than I did when Alex was hosting. I guess I'm just curious as to I'm, I'm you know i'm a comedian uh, and you this may be popular or not but comedians love when stuff screws up i kind of it's kind of like that i don't know that 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 voyeur that rubbernecking mentality i'm i was tuning in to see how bad they would be and actually they haven't been bad at all i've been enjoying it you watched obviously alex trebek especially i guess toward the end right yeah i i you know i didn't watch him so much toward the end because it was i found it hard i found it i'm um i'm kind of ocd and i noticed when little details are off and it was so obvious how made up he was and he was wearing a wig or a hairpiece uh you know probably because of chemo and i just found it hard to watch him the last weeks i mean i i stayed in tune with it but uh yeah i mean that i mean you're the first person ever asked me that i just i, I found it hard to watch he really was a fighter right to the end. I mean, he stayed on the show till I guess about 10 days before he died. Mentally, he was sharp as a whip and right. he, and his energy never waned. It was just yeah. that physically I, I, I saw him, you know, losing the battle and I, I, and I didn't want to see that. No, no offense to Aaron Rodgers. He's a very intelligent uh, person, but he's inexperienced as far as television and, you know, hosting. That's not an easy thing to do. I mean, there's a pacing to Jeopardy. And to go through each episode unedited, I don't think I don't think anybody really does that. I, I think that even Alex probably had his 
bloopers and redos and mispronunciations and calling the contestant by the wrong name. And so uh, I was, you know, I tuned in to see who would be the best, who would I would like. And it's, uh, and I, I was waiting for somebody to be downright awful and nobody's really been awful. Did anyone stand out? I guess we had Ken Jennings. To start. I like Ken Jennings a lot. And then, and then I really liked Dr. Oz. I thought he was really good. I was like, I didn't, I didn't think he was going to be good. I thought he was going to start talking about supplements and diets. Right. He he stuck to the script. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people, and I know I saw this on social media, were were down on him. But I think that's that's a little bit misleading. I think that's more about his politics or his stuff that he said in, in the past, not necessarily how he performed. I, I, you know, like I said, I thought he was, I thought he was really good. He was personable. He was natural. It flowed. And the same goes for the, the one I thought was the most disappointing to me was the producer. I don't know his name. Was it Richmond? Oh, uh, Mike Richards. Right. I forgot to write his name. I didn't think, I didn't think he was, I didn't think he was um, so far. If we're going to rank him, he'd be, he'd be near the bottom. He, he, he'd be on the bottom. Yeah. I think Ken Jennings was really good. I, what I had said all along, even before he, he did it, was it's hard to replace the person. And in that case, he would have he was the first person. And, and now he wouldn't be replacing Alex Trebek, if you know what I mean, because now you've got a litany of people that are going to be going probably through the year. So it loses a little bit of the sting. You know, it's not Ken Jennings immediately comes in and is uh, taking over for a, a legend who was there for almost 40 years. When he's learning as he goes, uh, I'm still not convinced that it's Ken Jennings's job to lose. I, 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 I don't. Yeah, I thought it was. I don't think so now. I, I, I think there's also a possibility that they might go with somebody who's totally unknown too. Uh, but, but the thing, the thing is, what became apparent is that you know Alex Trebek became associated with Jeopardy. Uh, like Johnny Carson became associated with the Tonight Show, uh, and after such a long tenure, it's kind of hard to even conceive of the show continuing without that host. But as Jay Leno proved for twenty some odd years, and, and and as these shows are proving, is you know Jeopardy the game is you know as as much as you want to call it is bigger than the host. It's all about the game, and a good MC like Alex, like several of these people who are filled in. They're there to service the game, not vice versa. And that's what makes a really successful MC. Did you like Katie Couric? I liked her. I thought she's always been personable. I thought she she kind of fit for this, I thought. No, she's a woman. Women shouldn't be on TV. No. I Uh, I have to put a disclaimer. That is a joke. He is a comedian. I I, I liked her. Like I said, I mean, she has years and years and years experience in, in the, you know, in that medium. So she already knows and has a sense of pacing. And uh, they, they seem to all have it. Like I said, and I keep on picking on him only because he's not a broadcaster. Aaron Rodgers even seemed to have it. And so I have to think when they're training or when they're rehearsing, they, they kind of say, listen, that there is a rhythm to this game and you have to follow it. read somewhere that she was so nervous doing it that she, for all her experience and covering, you know, breaking news and elections and, and big interviews, this was a completely different uh, world for her. And, and as you said, pacing and timing and you got to know everything in advance and, and know where you're going and which category and, and so forth. And uh, but again, it, it seemed smooth. I didn't uh, catch any uh, issues. 
there's a certain on-camera sensibility that kind of takes over. It's kind of a natural thing. I experience it, you know, also. Well, you know, uh, after a while, when you have a lot of experience, the camera's not there. Might have been different for Katie was an audience. Oh, that's true. She's not used to doing that. Yeah, yeah. Unless... I was going to say, did they have that on the Today Show? No, not really. I mean, when they go outside, and when they went outside, yeah. and the, yeah. when they went outside, yeah. But for the most part, you know, you, most of your hard news and reading off the prompter is done inside uh, in a studio. She's good. I, I I wouldn't be disappointed if she got it. And and again, I don't know if this is the Me Too movement time and everything has to be a woman uh, or uh, a minority, a black person or, you know, Asian descent or, you know, Indian or something like that. Uh, I don't know if they're going that route or thinking that way. It's a shame that that even has to be brought up. And I'll say it this way. uh, I'm fairly progressive. But one of the things I believe is it should be the best person for the job. It doesn't matter uh, the the ethnic background or sexuality or or sex. If I'm going to do give give it based on sex, that kind of takes, uh, obviously, uh, some really good... um, a candidate's out of the running. So you got to go by who, 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 who served the game best, who was the most likable, who uh, was least distracting because you can be distracting uh, and who flows with the game. If I were to be honest about the top three I've seen since Alex has passed, it would be Dr. Oz. It'd be Ken Jennings, Katie, Katie Kirk. Oh, Katie, you didn't mention, right. I would say it would be Couric, Oz, and Jennings are the top three. And right now, if, they, if that was your choice, it would be a tough choice out of those three. Right. Now, there are more. There are several more people that are coming next as we record this. And on April 19th, on Monday, on my birthday, uh, Anderson Cooper will be coming up next. I can't and wait. I think he'll be terrific. I think he will be. He was actually talked about, oh, I don't know, 10 years ago, um, when there was, you know, like, is he going to retire and this whole thing? And I remember two names that were bandied about. One was Anderson Cooper, and his name is still prominent. And another one, not so much in the same field at the time. Some no, guy Matt, no, Matt Lauer, same idea, Matt Lauer. Oh, yeah, Matt would have been really good. I, I, if you're going to go by talent and, and on-camera persona, right. Matt would be a good fit. Unfortunately, he has other things going on, and it's odd that I mentioned Bill Cosby. Uh, I meant that as a total joke. And another thing, and that's why you see a lot of news people doing this. You you want that intelligence for this show because, and, and I think that Alex was certainly a master of this. You want someone who comes off like they know the answers, but not that they're cocky and, and throwing it in your face. Did you hear Dr. Oz when he did those medical questions? Man, he was good. <laughs> all those terms and he'd be like hey, here you go sodium chloride hydrochloric acid uh atrium ventricles go you know, i don't know if you I, I keep on bringing aaron Rodgers up because i was really the most surprised by him because he's he was a little robotic just a little bit but he had the rhythm down i love oh, I, I liked him in terms of his he is so calm. I mean, yeah. he could be a, a, a news anchor and handling breaking news because he <laughs> is just so calm and so smooth. And t- uh, But you, you would like a little, I, I felt like a little bit more energy wouldn't hurt. It would happen. It, it would happen naturally, I think. You know, mm-hmm. what was interesting, there was, a, there was a sports category and they asked a question where the answer was the Green Bay Packers. 
and they got it wrong. And then the next question was about some other team. He got it right. And Aaron goes, Oh, so the Packers thing you got wrong. Right. Right. That was, <laughs> it was perfect. It was just, and it, and it was very natural. And I thought it was really fun. Another name that that's coming up is Anderson Cooper's colleague, Sanjay Gupta. And that, that one I think will be interesting because certainly he already was popular, but obviously, you know, like Dr. Fauci since the pandemic, has has risen himself to incredibly, another level. Incredibly likable too. He's got a great persona, you know, and he's he's um, he's upbeat. He's got a great personality. I would love to see him on there. He'll be on probably another a two week stint. They've they've done for, uh, and I have to ask you about Lavar Burton. His name was mentioned right from the get go, and up to this point, the producers do not have him on a list to uh, to guest host. And I think there's at least a quarter of a million people who've been uh, on a petition for him to uh, not only guest host, but to take over permanently. I'm on that petition. I signed it. I, I, I like LeVar Burton a lot, uh, only because I'm a huge Star Trek fan. And during the middle of Double Jeopardy, I want to see LeVar Burton scream coolant leak and run, run off the stage. That would be good. Coolant leak and gone, you know, and just leave the three <laughs> guys going, what's going on? You have a coolant leak. Oh, I hope the warp core doesn't breach. Oh, boy. Now, he's slightly older. He's, I think, either 67 or 68. He's 64. He's 64. Oh, he's only 64 also? Oh, so he's the same age as uh, as Katie. Obviously, he's, you know, he's an Emmy winner. He was in Roots, Star Trek, The he, Next he Generation. He, and, and then in the educational end, he was, for many years, he was on PBS as the uh, Reading Rainbow. So there's right. there's there's that connection. That uh, and he's well and he's well liked and uh, for all he checks all the boxes too. You know, intelligent, personable, uh, gravitas, all of that. They have quite the decision ahead of them because there's a lot of qualified and special people out there. Um, that's why I wouldn't be surprised if they went with somebody who was, you know. Um, virtually unknown or not, you know, not, not, not as popular or not as, not as big as a celebrity as we're seeing. Uh, who did they just add? They just added somebody. Yeah. I wanted like, to ask you about that. Joe Buck has been added the Fox sports play by play host. And I posted about that uh, on Twitter and a lot of people were very negative right off the bat. Joe Buck is, do you, you ever hear, um, you never realize something until the, that bell is rung. And once that bell is rung, you that's all you hear when something they I, for years, uh, watched Joe Buck with baseball in the World Series with Tim McCarver. And I thought he was just fine. And then I started reading all this blowback when social media started getting big about how much they hate Joe Buck. And infamously, um, uh, uh Artie Lang was on Joe Buck's HBO show live and absolutely ripped him a new one on right. live TV. It was, it, it was horribly embarrassing. And I didn't realize that he was such, he was such a polarizing figure. Um, and the reason is he's a really good broadcaster because if the Mets and Yankees are playing Yankee fans hate him because they think he's being partial to the Mets and the Mets fans hate him because they think he's being partial to the Yankees. And that's what a good sportscaster is supposed to do. Um, I think he'll be fine. I really do. He, he he seems to be already disqualified by many people, or at the very least, he seems to be, as you said, a very polarizing uh, figure, dividing many people uh, with his presence. And again, if you can have him, you sure, certainly should have a LeVar Burton. Oh, by the way, also uh, another person that will be uh, guest hosting, I guess in the summer, is Savannah Guthrie of NBC. I like Savannah. 
of course, you know, she's never going to be the permanent host because, you know, she's locked into the Today Show. Uh, the only one I know, or two, that really want this job, Joe Buck said he wants it permanently. And LeVar Burton, who hasn't even got a guest slot, wants to get the job. Let them uh, fight it out. Give them yeah. phasers and 50 paces. <laughs> And I, I know Burton will kick his butt because he's got the visor and the, you know. He's, right. You know who else would be good? I, this is just, I'm just, I'm thinking of somebody who has the style, the, the, the grace, the intelligence. Jennifer Aniston would be great at it. Oh, interesting. I, I just, I just can picture her doing it and being really good. So talk to me a little about on the, off the cuff or on the cuff. Off the cuff, I'm assuming I, is about the on the cuff. Uh, if I do, I wash it off. I have. Is, is it about? Is it named for the blood pressure uh, monitor? You would off think. Oh, it's you not. Would think, no, because when I when I originated the show, I, I originated the show because you you want to talk about somebody being smug. I I was being smug, I think, because I was I was newly diagnosed type two diabetic, and I was looking for recipes and foods online on videos on YouTube that I could make that could you know give me something different to eat, something that's low carbon. And all these videos I found were, were horrible. It's, it sounds so smug because it'd be like, I, I want, you know, oh, look, this is, this is low cow something. And it'd be like, okay, so you take the food, you'll put the food in plate. And, and it's just like, you know, it's like, I don't have, you know, and it's like kind of like robotic and, terrible and not great lighting and not great sound and i went i can do better than that and so i decided to start doing it i started in july i started taping in july of 2017 and here's where it becomes smug you look back at my early episodes and here i am so you take the food (laughs) i had no idea what i was doing the bad lighting bad sound i i was dressed in a batman shirt still am i didn't know what i was doing but i learned you know, it's kind of like when you watch the first episode of uh, of Cheers, and it seems kind of different. All the characters are kind of changed, right? And then as they go, that's kind of what happened to me. Is I've gone along, I found my rhythm, I found what I wanted to do. Uh, I got better equipment, I got more relaxed, and it gets better and better. So that's why I started it. I started it because I wanted to experiment with low carb food of, and it eventually more morphed into taking comfort foods. You know, like cheesecake and chocolates and um, chicken fried steak and making it low carb so you can eat in a decadent manner without it destroying your blood sugar and putting you into a, a diabetic coma. That, that was really the whole reason I did it. Did you have to, like, go through doctors and, and get advice? No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> I have a very strong working knowledge of, uh, of diabetes type two, uh, uh, the glycemic index, uh, through research. And also the fact that I was, you know, I was pre-med way back when in the, in the eighties. So I, I've always had a fascination with stuff like that. So I would, I would, I would basically research what foods and what's, you know, like, um, I mentioned it because it's one of the favorite things I ever did chicken fried steak. Generally you have a steak. Usually it's skirt steak, which has been uh, uh, tenderized. Uh, You dip it in egg, then you put it into a panko or a high-carb flour. And then you dip it again, and you put it into, like I said, panko or breadcrumbs, and it's loaded with carbs, even though it's a a protein dish. 
So I went out and I researched what are good alternatives to all the things that make that high carb. I found a flour, uh, which is basically, uh, basically it's called Carbolose, but they have brand names like Carb Quick, which is a, a high fiber, low carb flour. And it works the same way as drenching it in flour. And um, instead of using uh, breadcrumbs or panko, I found a great alternative. And this was, at first I used oatmeal and that worked, but that still has, even though it has good fiber, it's good for you. It's still a little bit too high in the glycemic index. And then I found flaxseed, golden flaxseed. And I, and you grind it up and you add, you know, paprika, salt, pepper, garlic. Perfect. It's great. And you know, it doesn't affect you. So a lot of it was a trial and error and doing some research online on what's a good substitute. So even though you've got it down to 12, which is, I, I mean, I watch them and they're, you know, it's brisk. It moves along. But the other thing that keeps it moving is, as you just alluded to, comedy. You keep it very entertaining. From the beginning, you do bits, you you do with costume changes, uh, you do little <laughs> flashbacks, you have other people, you have a repertoire. And I've even had done some yeah. voiceover work for you a few times. Two or three um, times. So you, you have uh, recurring characters that you in, in employ based on, you, you kind of tie it into whatever the, uh, the food that you're making. That's it a, certainly seems like a passion for you. I don't know what happened. Uh, I really didn't expect it to go more than a little while. I just want to, I just want to have some fun. And uh, I just put in the can and set up and scheduled episode 87. Wow. I know. That's amazing. It's, it's great. I have subscribers. I, I have over 2,200 subscribers. Yeah. And I, I, each episode usually gets between four and 7,000 people who watch it. That's a good following. I mean, that's very good. Yeah, you know, it, it, but, you know, then I see people who are like, oh, yeah, take the butter, and they have like 345,000 views. And I'm like, how can that be? And then I realize that, you know, they're, they're laughing at it. Have you tried to get this on? I mean, you could get this on, I would think, maybe the Food Network or even Comedy Central to do something I, with food. I, I, you see, the thing is, it's, it's, I don't think it's funny enough to be on Comedy Central, and I don't think it's foodie enough to be on the Food Network. Well, it might be foodie enough, um, but you know what? You, you don't do 12 minutes on the Food Network. You do a half hour. Right, right, yeah. You'd have to expand yeah. it a little, yeah, on a webisode. I, I absolutely could. You know, that's not a big deal. But I've had people submit it before. But, you know, uh, the Food Network really concentrates on people who have a million to me in followers. They want them on the network because they, they're going to bring some of that following onto the network. So they, they, they want somebody who can bring viewership to the table. I absolutely would love it. I, I, I just love being funny. Um, and I, I, I also love producing uh, these bits. It, it becomes a challenge. I'll get an idea in the middle of the night. I'm like, can I do that? Can I actually put myself in the Brady Bunch opening? Can I do that? And I say, like, well, let's try it out. And You do a lot with classic TV. I know that. I, I love yeah, those. Yeah, I, yeah, that's my passion. I love classic TV. I've, I've done a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, my friend Dave, I've just mentioned him before. He did a voiceover of Foghorn Leghorn for me. He was great. <laughs> By the way, I, as I mentioned at the top, you've been on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. You also were on Joe Franklin. I'm Back still on the... Jimmy Kimmel right now. He, you're not getting up, buddy. Not until I'm still I stand. on Jimmy Kimmel. Okay. Uh, SNL. Do you have a memory from uh, SNL in the Any? 80s? Well, the most, the, the best one I have was, uh, I was told that the best way to get into, into, uh, SAG, Screen Actors Guild, was to, well, I joined after, like in 1984. 
And once you're in after, which is basically radio and television back then, now they're merged. Once you were after, if you got an under five, which means if you got hired for a SAG uh, TV show or movie and you got one line under five, then you could join SAG the next day. All you have to do is pay your way in. And I, I made it my mission to get on SAG. And I would send out 70 postcards a week to every soap opera, to uh, Conan, when Conan LeBron wasn't on that, to David Letterman, to Saturday Night Live. Anybody who's doing production in New York with my, my face that said, hey, I'm available for blah, 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 blah. And I got a call once for Saturday Night Live. They said, well, can you come down here? We, we want you to read for a part. I said, oh, my God, really? So I, uh, I went down. I never forgot this. I, and I, they had my name at the gate. I walked. It was 30 Rock. I mean, I, I, I mean, it was one of the most, you know, recognizable buildings in New York City. And I go up to uh, the studio. I, I forget what floor it was on. I know it was Studio 8A. And I go in. And they go, yeah, go through the doors. And it was through the two main doors that open up. And there's the stage. I'm like, oh, and I was like, you know, freaking out. And I'm just standing there. And there was nobody there. Nobody. And these two guys, these two young guys, like in T-shirts and sweatshirts, come up to me and they go, um, hey, can you read this? I'm like, oh, yeah. And they're like, no, no, out loud. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I said, oh, sorry about the shirt. Everything else is in the wash. Okay, thanks. They walk away. Then uh, a page came over and said, hey, you're going to come into this room. I go, no, well, I'm here to audition. He goes, oh, you did. You got it. I'm like, wait a minute. That was my, that was my audition. <laughs> And I, I auditioned for this. It was a scene. It was, Bill Murray was hosting in 1987. And it was a scene called Cardini for the Defense, where he's a defense lawyer who's also a frustrated magician. So when he's trying, he's trying to prove me innocent. And he's pulling flowers out of, out of Phil Hartman's coat. And he's, he's making murder weapons disappear. And it, it was a lot of fun. I was uh, in a dream world. You know, I, I was, I'm sitting next to Bill Murray all of a sudden, you know. My, my favorite my favorite moment from it was uh, we were doing the um, camera block. And during the camera block, you just sit there and they block the shots around you and you don't really do anything. And Bill Murray didn't, didn't have a stand and he was hosting. He comes in, sits down next to me, and he goes, have we worked together before? I'm like, no. He goes, come on, we worked together before. He's doing that kind of thing. I'm like, no. And we're, sitting there, we're sitting there and all of a sudden he goes, here he comes, here comes Speed Racer. And he did this to me, right? And I went, he's a demon on wheels. <laughs> anyway, we did it, rehearsed it. It was a very funny, I got a great laugh in the dress rehearsal. Because when you, you do a dress rehearsal, and then they break, and they cut half an hour out of the show. And then they do the best 90 minutes. So the dress rehearsal is two hours. I did. I, we did the show, and I, I got a great laugh because I... I knew I was getting a close-up at one point, and I kind of made a face. Basically, what it was is I was a defendant, and um, they go, is the man who killed your mother in, the, in this room right now? Yes. He, he, was, an, he was a heavy-set uh, heavy younger man with jet black, greasy black hair and a blood-stained prison shirt. Yeah, I had black hair back then, and, and they dressed me in a blood-stained prison shirt sitting in the courtroom and they point he's right over there. And the camera goes on me like that. And I improved it. And the audience laughed. I got a, the whole studio laughed. I'm like, Oh boy. This is great. <laughs> you know, I'm like, cause it's very rare nowadays, but back then I was a nobody and I got a laugh an extra. And I was like, yeah. 
And at the end, Bill is going to prove my innocence by bringing out a tank of water. He's going to do the, he's getting dressed in a straitjacket, and they're going to put him in the water and they will bring in the tank of water on a forklift onto the set, the courtroom set. And as they were bringing it out, it broke the set, the set cracked and they couldn't get the tank out. I remember looking back at it going, Oh no. And they cut it from the show. So it never aired, but it counted as an official performance because you you do tape the dress rehearsal and it got me into sex. Oh, so they didn't do it because of that, so it didn't get into the final uh, version. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't do it. They, they thought it was too dangerous, too. Oh, oh wow. So you would think they would have rehearsed that a few thousand times rather than waiting for the dress rehearsal. But Oh, wow. So your best moment didn't even get on the air for everybody else. No, you I had a nice the... moment with Bill. It was fantastic. Uh, and everybody always says, oh, Bill must be a jerk. He must be an idiot. I'm like, he was great to me, man. He was, he, I mean, I, I, I was literally lower than a nobody. And he was really cool to me. How many episodes did you actually, you did get on some. I did three. Yeah. Three. I, I did one in 97 when Chris Farley hosted. It was about two months before he died. Wow. I, did a, I did a video bit with Chris Farley. And then about a year later, I was on, I was on an episode that David Duchovny hosted. And I got, and, uh, I got him to laugh, but not during the show. Uh, it was, remember Mango? These yeah, pictures? sure. Yeah, the mango sketch. Chris, what's his name? He used to do mango. So mango's in a hospital, and we're I played one of the patients, and we're all like the scene opens. They're like going mango, mango, and we're screaming for him. And uh, Anna Gasteyer, who plays the nurse, pushes us all out. They go, go out, go out, and we have to be going mango, mango, mango. And the director said, "Guys, you love mango. You have to say mango all the way out the door." <laughs> so in. So in so in the dress rehearsal, or I don't know if it was dress rehearsal. It might have been. It might have been uh, just a just a rehearsal. I don't think I would have done this during a dress rehearsal. <laughs> we're going out. We're going out the door, going mango. And then when we opened the door on the set, David Duchovny was standing behind the door, so we uh, waiting to come on after we passed. So I'm going out, going mango, 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 and I see him. I went Mulder, mango. <laughs> And he cracked up. I'm like, man, if he goes on stage and he cracks up and go, what happened? Because all oh, that fat guy, he made me, and they would fire me, but now he was cool. You got me on a stage once. Do you remember yeah, that? Toppers. Yeah, it was at Toppers. You were uh, hosting a comedy club in Brooklyn. Knew I did some uh, impersonations, just these. I did Marv Albert and, and Kermit the Frog. I believe Kermit. I forget you doing Kermit. I did Kermit. Yeah, I I, I don't know if there was anybody else, but uh, I've done that Piggy. in like a thank you uh, in a in a work <laughs> setting. You said I did. I did that. You said I did Kermit. I said so did Miss Piggy. Oh, but I'm bummed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you were hosting uh, at a, at this comedy club in Brooklyn. No longer oh, there. Was and, that when Jay, was that when, was that with Ray Romano? Was he there that night? Oh, I have no idea. I was so focused on you having me go up that I I you know <laughs> I was so nervous. And then by the end, you know, you did your little set as a host, and then you brought a little set. Up. Thank you. Do you little set? Do you little set? And then you brought up everybody else, and I was I went from being you know petrified to calmer that I wasn't going to wind up going up to then at the end you're like, oh, now I have a treat for you. I have a friend of mine. I want, and and then uh, I got. And so at the very end, you brought me up, and of course everybody was very you know nice was it because. The end? Yeah, it was the end. It was the end. Generally, I would put you up before the headliner. I don't know if I would do the end. I felt like it was the end. I think you said before I let you go, I have a surprise or whatever, something like that. 
So that I, would be I, out of that. Yeah, I generally when you do a guest spot, it always goes before the headliner because after the headliner, people are tired. They're paying their checks, and it's all over. Well, I and was happy wherever it was. You know, you put I me on. Up. Everybody was nice because you know you get this guy out of the audience, and he's. But I, I mean, I had no material. I had. A, I was like making up something about. Marv Albert as like a, an air traffic controller and, and, and some, I, I don't remember. It was some random thing. You've regained control. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the Kermit the Frog thing, but. I don't uh, remember any of that. I don't re- I, I remember you. Being I wish there, there was video of it. <laughs> I remember you coming up. I remember all that. I don't remember. I don't remember the Kermit the Frog. I do remember doing the Marv Albert. And it would have been, I don't know, the year, somewhere between 90 and 93, I guess. Definitely. Yeah, definitely like 91, 90. I was probably drinking at the time, which is not good. Always fun to chat with Craig. Again, his bi-monthly show is called Off the Cuff, Healthy Cooking with Craig Mitchell. As always, you can write me on Twitter, at Jerry Barnash, or email your comments or suggestions, hearnowthenewsjb at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Hear Now the News.